little temperature change going outside. So, uh, you know, I've had all kinds of great one hitters this week in my meetings across the nation. Uh, I was on a Zoom call the other day and they were like, you know, how's everything going? I was like, man, good. I was like, I'm not sure what's higher right now in the state of South Carolina, the price of gas or the pollen count. But uh, one of them is leading the way right now. It's been an interesting little week, man, as we watch gas climb. All of a sudden we go from, I think, was it last weekend? Yeah, last weekend we were out on the, on the beach in bathing suits. And this weekend I'm wearing a Patagonia jacket like I live back in Nevada or something. So interesting little week that we got going. But, uh, you know, as always, all we can do is take it on the chin, smile, and keep on pushing forward. There's no rest for the weary. Uh, stand alone message this week. <coughs> uh, last time I was up here. Uh, forgive me, I'm going to speak with this head thing. I am not a fan of it, but I'm, you probably going to see me twitch with my beard about 100 times, but I'm going to try to give it a whirl. But uh, standalone message this week. Daniel just finished um, a great series, in my opinion, of, of just really some practical applications, right, of, of our walk through Christianity and our spiritual life. Um, the beauty of standalone, and uh, I was talking about this before service, right, the beauty of standalone is like evangelism. You know, it's evangelism at its core. It's not meant in a series or in a linear fashion, right? It's just what, what is on someone's heart that they get to come speak about. And uh, if you saw, I guess the last time I was up here, I spoke on this concept of spiritual fitness, right? Um, and, and again, I've lived my life in the fitness industry. Like I love everything about fitness and wellness and, uh, you know, all of it to be said is like, uh, you know, that's my passion and that's my gifting. My gifting to it is to now take it into the lines of Christianity, right? Because fitness is fitness. No chatter where you want to look at it. Whether we want to call it physical, spiritual, or whatever that may look like, right? Fitness is fitness. So this week, one thing that was kind of just really diving on my heart. What I tell you? I'm about to lose this thing already. Uh, one thing that was just kind of diving on my heart um, off of the spiritual fitness side of it, man, was just like, I wonder how do people really understand how they feed their soul? Right. We understand how we feed our face. Do they understand how they feed our soul and to understand that the markers of what happens in the process of being hungry is the same inside the human body. Right. Just because your stomach is the one we usually we grip to. Right. I'm hungry. I eat the soul longs. Right. The soul longs to be fed. The heart longs to be fed. And if you want an example of that, look at your relationships. Why are you not living life by yourself? Right. Because you need something to feed you. Right. So this week we're going to dive into a beautiful concept of what's called soul food. Right. And we live in the South. So soul food should be easy. You know what I mean? We got mac and cheese, fried chicken, barbecue, you know, all, all these great little things in life. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, for me, it's funny not being from the South, coming to the South for soul food. I, I, you know, I've never quite gripped that whole concept. man. I've got some weird phobias of food and I'm going to get into one in a minute. But but for you, you know, this is what I want to set you up with soul food and where I want to take your heart and where I want you to start kind of this morning before we we dive to it. And, and, and this is where I think about it. Right. It's like some of us eat breakfast before we come to church. Some of us don't. Some of us eat breakfast every day of the week. Some of us don't. But this is where I want you to start from. Have you have you ever been at that point, though, where you maybe didn't eat that meal? You come to church. And as you leave church, you realize, like, there is nothing other to say than I am flat out hungry, right? Like, I am just hungry. I don't care what we eat. I just want to eat. I am hungry, right? And then all of a sudden, we've, we've translated that into English language. Now, now we've got hangry, right? Like, I have gone from being hungry, and now I am hangry. My emotions are leading me to be angry, right? If my wife was here today, 
uh, she's a great example of hangry, right? Like she goes from hungry to hangry real quick, real, real quick, right? Like a quick switch. All of a sudden she's hangry, right? Like we, hey, if I don't eat now, I'm like, yep, we, 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 uh, what you need? Uber Eats? I got you. Come on. Uh, you know, but it's very real, right? And, and if you think about that, where I want us to start from is the fact of what happens when you get to that point of being hangry, when you are that quick to say, hey, I'm just going to eat something. I do not care what it is. I told you I got some weird phobias. I'm going to give you the first one. I'm going to give you the most hangry, hungry time I've ever been in my life. Many years ago, probably like 17 or 18 or so. What year is this? 22? Yeah, about 18 years ago, we were going through a city. We were going through a city uh, in another country that rhymes with rack, and you put an I in front of it, right? It was called Iraq. And, uh, man, we, we lived in this city for a while. It was a very interesting mission. Like, we didn't have a base. Our base was at night when, the, when it got nighttime, all we did was just sleep in the house that we were at. So we got very comfortable with our, uh, with our counterparts' um, sleeping arrangements. And what I mean by that is, is like, hey, if we pulled up to this house today, you know what I mean? We, gotta, we sleep here. But what I can tell you is, after a couple months of living that way and living on what's called MREs, right, the little meals ready to eat, they're in a package, man, I, you know, you get hungry. Well, one of my biggest phobias in life is lunch meat. I can't handle lunch meat. Like I'm talking about can't touch it, can't look at it, can't smell it, can't do it. My mom broke her ankle one time and she asked me to make a ham sandwich. I grabbed two paper towels and closed my eyes and literally touched the ham to make her a ham sandwich. And nothing has changed to this day, I promise you. It's that bad. That's how bad that phobia is. Anyway, man, I was hungry. We just finished uh, another day of patrols, man. Again, we're, we're working long hours. I mean, it's war, right? We're just tired. Oh. Uh, Anyway, in one of the kids' packs, he pulls out this can. And again, we're sleeping in homes in this city. Some of them had gas heat. He said, oh, man, he said, I'm going to make everybody a treat tonight. Cool. So anyway, he hands me a couple of MRE crackers with some spread cheese on it, right? And on the middle of that thing is a piece of Spam that he had fried. And I said, my man, what? He's like, I'm telling you. I'm, and I'm hungry. I'll never forget it, man. I bit into that thing. That was the greatest tasting thing I ever had in my life. I'm talking about lifted me up, fulfilled me in every which direction. I was a believer in spam, but if I touch it right now, I throw up. And that's my whole point where I want us to start at, right, is when you are hungry, when you are, are just flat hungry, you have got to understand what you are eating, right? Because in short term, Good and bad can seem very similar. They both can taste good. Spam is bad. It is not good. I'm never going to be a spam. And if spam watches this thing, I'm going to let everybody know spam is not good, right? Like, hey, but in the short term, it was really good. It fulfilled me, right? It, it, it had me there. And food is like that. You look at how we, we, we built ourselves in North America, right? You can go get a double cheeseburger for 99 cents, but you can go get a, 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 a pound of lean ground beef straight from the butcher at about $9 a pound. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to eat bad things. They're easy often. They're, it's, an, it's something that we can get. It's cheaper. It's more readily available. Look at ramen, right? You know, uh, what, about a dollar for four of them? I mean, good Lord, you can feed a family. I got five kids, man. I can feed a whole family for a dollar. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, sign me up. But it's not, at the end of the day, right, what we know is it's not just good for you. 
right? The good takes a little bit longer to get to. There's a little bit more investment into it. There's a little bit more. So as we start this morning, I just want to set your mind right of, of what it means to be hungry as we talk about soul food, right? Because your soul is going to get hungry. Your soul is going to have moments of longing for something. Your soul is going to speak to you over, is it being lifted up? Is it being fulfilled? And, and you know, we say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll define, right? How do we understand kind of what feeds the soul, right? This is our community, our relationships, our daily interactions, the people we let in our life, right? These are going to be people who are going to feed your soul, right? So it's why it's considering the source, right, is always so important. It's like reading a food label. I brought this thing on stage when my kids, man, I always give my kids heck for eating bad food, right? Like, I mean, and I, my older ones, not my young ones. I'm trying not to have them have phobias when they get older. But, uh, you know, my daughter is a kid. Can we go to Starbucks? My oldest one. I'm like, sure. Can you give me that lemon thing? I was like, sure. Right, whatever you need, right? And, and, and I got this thing for her, man. And, and then she was like, oh, actually, can you give me the spinach feta and egg wrap? I was like, sure, right? So I got her that. So she didn't want to eat this one, right? But I got this lemon cake, you know what I mean? And I was looking at this thing sitting in my truck, and I'm like, who wouldn't want to eat it? It's got icing on it. It's a cake. It looks good. It tastes good. But I'm just going to be real for you. It ain't good for your diabetes. It ain't good for your blood sugar, right? It ain't good for your heart. It ain't good for all these inner things. And that's where I want us to be this morning, right? Is I want us to understand is we're talking about what's on the inside. It is what is on the inside. How are we fulfilling it? How are we just kind of, you know, getting to this point of like, hey, I may be hungry. And I'm going to take us all the way to Genesis chapter 3 right here. I may be hungry. I'm getting hangry. I just need one bite of something to fill me up for a moment, and then I'll be okay. And if you think about it, man, that's what set that mentality right there, sent humanity on a collision course for where we are today. Just one bite. That's all I need, right, in my life. I just need it for a moment. It's okay. If I play just for a moment, it's okay. And I'm going to read right through it. Genesis chapter 3, right? It said, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I love that phrase right there. As much as you may say, good gosh, how could you love that phrase, man? That is the craftiness of crafty. And Daniel's read this recently. But I'm telling you, think about that. Did God really say? Right. And we can go down the sin list on that. Did God really say that right there is not as no, he never used those words. That's not what he's saying here. Right. This is how, this how, this how the devil feeds your soul right here. He'll take that one line. That one line has rang true through history. Did God really say that? Did he really say it in that context of those words that that right there is a sin? Right. She did that to you. Did God ever say you really shouldn't just try to fulfill yourself a little bit? I mean, she look what she did to you. Does she love you, right? Does he love you? Does he care for you, right? And that one little serpent, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And, and I think that's another very interesting part, that you will now know good and evil. So once you've kind of touched that spot of evil, you will know good and evil. And it's just a very philosophically a very interesting thing. It said, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, 
and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Just one bite. And kind of like we talked about in the beginning here, I, I want you to grab something because I, this one, one thing about Genesis chapter 3 has always stood out to me. I never heard it tasted bad. I never even see the reference to I shouldn't have done that. It was bad. What was I thinking? I should have stopped and not carried that to another person. Right? And that's food. Initial bites can fulfill you the same way as someone feeding your soul. The initial feeling can feel the same. I'm going to promise you right now, good and evil packaged the right way on initial impact to the stomach or the soul can feel the exact same way. Right? You think about it. I mean, you, you think about you at a point in your life you have no money in your pocket and you can steal $20. I bet you that $20 feels good just as it would if someone paid you $20 because it was instant fulfillment of the problem. Right. That that that's what happens. Right. When we feed, we are fixing a problem. If it's my stomach, I'm hungry. That's the problem. Fix is I eat it. My heart is empty. I don't feel loved. But I can feel love here. Even though technically that's where I should be feeling love in my day to day interaction. Right. It's called in a fair. Ah, right. But it fixed the problem that I needed to be loved instantly. Now, here's the difference. Food and your soul food is no different. After initial impact, the rest is different. Right? Let me go ahead and tell you. I just said, well, if I pay somebody $20 or if I take $20, you take $20, you're going to jail. You get paid $20, you are not going to jail. You take $20, you have feelings of guilt. You have feelings that start eating you from the inside. You get paid $20, you have an emotional feel, right, of reception, of love, of wow, thank you for that, right? So the initial impact can be the same when you feed the soul. If I fix a problem, right, hey, I need love, I need patience, and this isn't giving me patience, but this is giving me patience, the initial moment will feel the same. Fact, right? Think about it. What do you do? Took a bite of the apple, it fulfilled her in the moment, and then she passed it on. And the next one is now going to have to feel this impact as well. And here's the thing, just like food, right? You can get away with it for a long time. But let me enter in the hot words that we like to talk about society of what happens when you feed your soul from the wrong source, when you take just one bite, when you fulfill yourself just one time, when I only needed this one time, and that'll be the end. Anxiety, depression, mental health, emotional health. These are the markers that we wanted to hot term into society. But I can promise you, you can get to the root. You can get to the source. You just got to be real. You've probably fulfilled yourself with something that is not truly fulfilling, and now you're feeling the impact of it in emotional health and mental health in your life. That's what happens when the soul has poison into it. Think about it. So they opened up their eyes, right? All of a sudden, they could see they were naked. All of a sudden, they had problems. We labeled it as they were naked. They could see they needed to cover themselves and leave. They had problems because of the source of fulfillment that they chose to fulfill from. Just one bite, right? How many times has that become the destruction of humanity, right? Or us personally, just one time. Just, just this one time and it'll be over. That's the beginning of what's called an addiction. 
in many terms, right? Just one time. It's okay. You just got to think about it at the soul, right? As this soul longs for these things. And I'm going to tell you the beauty of this message is at the end, I'm going to give you the greatest recipe ever heard. You don't even got to search for soul food after today. I'm going to tell you the recipe at the end, but we're going to wait to the end. I'm going to open the cookbook up and tell you what it is. But you think about it, right? The initial fulfillment, what do you choose? When you're hungry, when the soul longs for something, where do you go? And what's wild is we often just go to another source, right? And, and, and sometimes it can just be personal advice. It's like, man, like, hey, this thing's got some good advice in it too. You know what I mean? But, right? But we go off of it and we, and we listen to somebody, feed us. And, and why do we keep going back to it? Because it fed us what we wanted to hear, right? It initially fulfilled us and I'm good and I'm going to keep bouncing, right? But just like food, the initial sustainment and the long-term sustainment of that is just not feasible. It creates an unhealthy pattern in your life. It creates an unhealthy soul, just like bad food for us, right? What does it do? It creates unhealthy on the inside. I mean, and again, I'm not here to debate. I'm no holier now, man. I had a large pizza the other night. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I love to get down on food. It is what it is. But what I'm telling you is the unfortunate part is just like with food, just like your soul, there, there, there's no easy way to see it, right? There's no easy way to just take a quick look to see like, hey, how's that health looking of that soul today, buddy? You know what I mean? Let me get a look on the inside one time, huh? And then that's where the anxiety and depression's come into because if someone gets a look on the inside, hmm, did they see what they thought they were going to see? Are you afraid about what somebody's going to see? Think about it. Adam and Eve entered themselves right into this anxious moment right after that decision. And that's what happens to you and I when we're fulfilled from the wrong source. We enter right into anxiety and anxious moments where we go, oh, my gosh, please don't let her find out. Please don't let him know. Please don't let this person find out. Please don't let my, 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 my small group know. Please don't let my spouse know. Please don't let my kids know. Please don't let my work. Think about this, man. You have to deal with all of that. So instead of your soul being able to be fulfilled, for long-term sustainment and actually lift you up into things of joy and happiness and peace and understanding, you are the polar opposite now, right? Just from one bite. That's all it took, right? Just one bite. And, and you know, it's funny to watch just that beginning because it's like, man, like, anytime that internal voice of yours says, man, is this really wrong? Go back to Genesis 3. Did God really say did he say those words, right? And it just starts the process right there. And most of us, if we want to give it its true earnings, we've heard those words in our own inner turmoils, right? Is this really wrong? But if I don't go all the way in, is it really wrong? Right? And then it gets into the other concept, which is what I was going to, I'm going to wait till the next standalone. was like, we move from a, a, this point of grace where it's like, hey, God's grace is what we utilize. It's not what we abuse. Right. Uh, but this initial fulfillment from food to take one bites lead us into an abusive relationship of God's grace. Where I believe that my relationship with God because of just one bite is set on. I'm going to do it today and I'm going to pray about it tonight and then all is OK. And then the next time I'm going to do it again and I'm going to pray about it again and we are OK. It's an abusive relationship with God's grace from one bite, right? But here's the facts we know, man. We all are going to be hungry at some point. 
our souls are going to long to be filled back up at some point because life is wild, right? Life is wild. And the fact that it comes to this part, right, like, hey, are you hungry? You must assess the scenario because if your stomach's hungry, you instantly fix it. I'm going to eat. Now, if you have a good, now, why, why does these things like, oh, I should eat every two to three hours, four to whatever that may, you know, whatever that may look like. Why does that, why does that matter? Because it keeps you from becoming hungry and it keeps you from just one bite of that type of relationship. So if I'm fulfilling myself on a routine schedule, I'm not going to come to a moment of where I need this all-encompassing fulfillment, right? And take it to your relationships when we talk through the soul, right? You and your partner feeding each other. Like for me, man, like marriage is one I could speak on for, for years because I believe we believe it's a legalized system of doctrine, right? Of like, oh, we are married. You know what I mean? Man, that is two joins of the soul for a common purpose, like it is not, I, I mean, my wife's initials are tattooed on my finger. I don't re- usually wear a wedding ring. Her, her initials are tattooed. My wife's tattooed in my heart. I don't care what's on somebody's finger. That's external. Internal, right? It's this soul, this longing, this togetherness of the soul. So in your relationship, when you're hungry, you go to the source that is fulfilling you in your relationship not just one bite outside of that context, right? That's where we get ourselves in these things. So when we go hungry, right, when we're, when we're hungry, and I'm going to switch it over right here into Isaiah. You ever try to spell Isaiah without looking at it, man? It's a tricky word. Isaiah chapter 55, right, 55, verse 1, it says, Invitation to the thirsty, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have no money. Come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the riches of fare. That is a powerful, powerful piece of scripture that I think, you know, when you get down to it, right, a blessed life is about being fulfilled from the right source. It does not mean an easy life. It does not mean that there are no problems in life. God's, God's investment in you is so much greater than just pleasure. It's turmoil because through turmoil, you gain wisdom. Through wisdom, you gain what you can then give to other people. Right? What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? This is a question my mentor asked me the other day. So what is the difference? I was like, okay. You know, I went in and tried to look smart real quick. He's like, here it is, man. Knowledge you attain from a book. Wisdom you attain through life. Okay, fact. Got you, right? And, and when we're hungry, Jesus is telling us, come to me when you're hungry. Come to me when you have that longing, right? Because you and me are not strong enough on our own to not just take one bite. That is fact. You can be strong for many, many things. There's going to be one that you just take one bite. And it doesn't mean into these incredibly opened-eyed things like, you know, affairs and stealing It's the take one bite when you skip things, right? Hey, you know, you could have had a moment. You saw what was wrong right there, and you could have spoke into it and spoke into someone's life. 
but you took one bite of the easy ride out. It was easy that way, right? You can see where someone is wronged and, and, and something is clearly not okay in their life, but you realize that, man, I don't want to get tied up in this, right? I'm taking one bite on the easy ride. I'm out. I just can't believe that would be what, what, what God is saying right here, right? Like, come to me when you're thirsty. Come to me when you're hungry. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost your labors, right? It doesn't cost these. It is free to come to me. You know, I love data and you, I, I love stats right now. And, and the best, and one of the good ones that it said, it said that somewhere based upon who answered, between 31 and 34% of Christians, right? They, they first off, they have to check the box. I'm Christian, right? And I mean, definitely they got to be a Christian then, right? They check the box, right? So there's somewhere... Uh, between 31 and 34% of, of, you know, checked box Christians said that they uh, read a Bible Monday through Saturday. And the percentage of that is even lower of those who pray Monday through Saturday. So, okay. So where are they feeding their soul from? I'm going to tell you where. It's not that hard to figure it out, right? I can find somebody who's throwing down the flavors that I like to flavor. And I mean, the resources are endless now. I mean, you can Insta it, snap it, TikTok it, face it, and you don't ever really have to face it. Then that becomes people's soul fulfillment. I can look at people and usually figure out uh, if they're up on a big stage per se, and I mean big stage, I mean anywhere on like kind of the national scene, I can usually watch somebody's like style of dress and figure out who they're following. I can see who they're getting fulfilled from. How they, how, what kind of words they're using, right? And, and, and here's what I'm telling you. If you want a life of turmoil, if you want a life of, 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 of difficultness, keep taking a bite. Keep letting these things speak into your life, right? I, I, don't, I don't like the phrase, birds of a feather flock together. I, I also really don't like the phrase, show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. Because I believe that goes against the grain of Christianity, right? And I'll tell you why. I have injected myself into some really rough groups of people over time that have become my friends. If I show you five of my friends, sometimes you'd be like, my God, what are you doing, right? That's my point. Who else is friends with them? Who's feeding their soul? Because you believe these mantras, right? Are like, oh, can't let everybody see them out with them again. What? Right? When people are hungry, they're going to take a bite. And you have, a, you, you have a very two-pronged side to this. One time it's you that may need to take a bite. It's the other time that you may need to serve the right food to the person, right? And if you are not fulfilled, just like Eve, what happens? I t- it's good. Keep going. Next. Next. Look what happened to the kids. The kids trying to kill each other and succeeding. Where did it start? Just took one bite. Right, just took one bite, and look at the train wreck that led into it, man. And that's our life. That's our life. You know, when it says right here, it says, you know, it just says that you will delight in the richest of fare. I can promise you, man, if I had a life of no anxiety, no depression, uh, you know, stuff like that, man, that's, that's riches. It ain't my truck. It ain't my car. It ain't any of that. Riches is just the blessings of life to say, hey, I'm making the right decisions that I don't have to go back and just dread the next day or the next week or the next month, or become bipolar because I really can't let people see who is the real me, 
right? Sunday you see me, don't look for me on Monday through Saturday because it ain't the same person, right? But God, God forbid they, they figure that out, right? There's another layer of anxiety. So we, we, we've talked about just the one bite. We've talked about the fact, you know, what do you do when are you hungry? And, and then as we just kind of bring it into this, this last point today, and we're going to go to the, to the book of Psalm, you know, uh, you know, this is where we just want to kind of put it all together right here, right? And we talk about like, you know, what's the source that you fulfill yourself from? And if you can identify that you are allowing certain sources to fulfill you that should not be fulfilling you, there needs to be a change of fulfillment, right? There needs to be something that changes in your life because what most of us don't like to hear are hard truths, right? Most of us do not like to hear hard truths. And most of us don't, we don't handle hard truths too well. And I, I think that's why so much, even with food, has been very interesting is the fact of, you know, with food, uh, it is difficult to eat correctly. It really is. Like, if you think about it, like a well-balanced diet, man, I got to cook food. I got to prep food. I got to go buy food. I got to, you know. Uh, and I think my favorite one is organic, right? Like I love organic food uh, and I won't bust your bubble, but just look up what organic means to the FDA. But, um, but what I'm saying by that is uh, it's complicated. It's, it's layered. It's difficult. It's, it's not an easy button. It's not, it's not something you can just grab and go. Your soul is no different, right? Fulfilling your soul, bringing your soul into a fulfillment it is no different. And, and I cringe sometimes because I watch people and I see who's feeding into their life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like the fact I know what they're going to have to deal with because of the decisions that they're, being, they're that they're allowing that person to, to feed into them. Right. They're fulfilling their soul. And, and there's often challenging ones. You know, you think about this. Right. You may have friends that 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 walk alongside you in this nature. Think about it. If you have someone who is who is, who is a devout follower of Christ uh, saved and their spouse is not. That is difficult. That is extremely difficult that if you're a friend of that situation, you should be monitoring to make sure that you're fulfilling the soul of that one that, that is, you know, kind of the devout follower of Christ. Because guess what? That individual is not getting their soul fulfilled from their partner. Right. So you got these, these things are tricky. And, and so that's why I say it's like considering your source. Right. Like what is the source that you fulfill your soul with. And I would say like tangibly, right? Like here's number one, you got to have time where you're in, where you're in the word of God. You've got to have time where you understand the absolute truth, because if you don't, did God really say, will get you every time, right? It will get you every time. I, I love when people talk to me like about sin. They're like, oh, the Bible says that's a sin. Where? Well, I don't know. I get them on their own game. You know what I mean? Like, tell me the verse, dude. I just want to see it. Well, it doesn't, they already played into it. Did God really say that then? I play people like that all the time just to show them like, hey, if you're not armored up, arrows coming in, shooting daggers at your heart. And all of a sudden you have doubt. Dang, God didn't really say that, right? How do you, you know? So it, it becomes this thing in the book of Psalm, right? Uh, 107 verse nine. I, I want to read a couple verses for us that I think just kind of, uh, just kind of touch our soul. It says, you know, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. 
right? Very simple verse, very simple but truthful verse, right? He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Don't think it's just by chance that the words that have become catchwords in society today coexist with Bible terms like he's thirsty, she's thirsty. You, you think it's just by luck that the enemy has set it up for you to play a game of word? He's thirsty. We've created humanity to say, oh, cool, right? God's telling you, you're going to be thirsty. You're going to be hungry. Fill it up at the right source. Same thing, man. We go to Psalms. We go to, we go to chapter 63 right here. And I just realized I took all my bookmarks out. My goodness gracious. We go to Psalm chapter 63. Got me out of breath. Here we go. And we're reading right here at verse 5. It says, I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. This is, this is what I want to take you away from soul food, right? This is some of the things I really want you to take it home, and then I'm going to give you the greatest recipe that was ever given, how to cook up the best meal you can ever cook in your life later tonight, and you can thank me later. Uh, in fact, I'll let you use this one for the remainder of your time on earth, I'd say. It'll probably work pretty good for you. But you need to consider the sources at all times, and you need to be checking your soul's health. Because I'm going to promise you, you wait till the day of an autopsy when they cut you open, for the first time you want to do an internal examination. Oof. Oof. I'm going to tell you, start the autopsy now. Peel it back. Get inside that thing and see what's popping. What is happening on the inside? Think about it. When, when, when people die and we do an autopsy, I don't know if anybody's ever kind of actually read a report or any of you, uh, you know, want to nerd out in that adventure. But when you read an autopsy, it's pretty, it, it's very interesting, man, to kind of see what simply you can tell by what a human being's diet choices have been their whole life. Uh, it's very incredible. Like, it's telling. It's like, man. Like, right? You know, it is telling. What do you think? It's going to happen to your soul. Huh? Heaven ain't a secret. You ain't getting up there to a secret life. We've got to stand in front of the man on judgment day. This isn't to make you fearful. I don't believe God leads through fear. I believe he uses fear sometimes as a reminder of like, don't forget my power. Because I can break it bad on you. But I do believe that it should be fearful enough to alarm you and alert you. I need to look inside. I need to understand what am I pouring into my soul? What am I feeding my soul? And should I continue to do such or do s these things? And I'll tell you, the most difficult one you're going to run into uh, with that is people. Because the source of what's inside your soul is probably came from a person. And you're like, well, dang, how do I navigate that? Right? How do I, how do I navigate something where I just don't cut somebody completely off for life? And, you know... In Christian response, right, and I'm going to say this very true from my heart. Some of you need to take a break from some people because they are doing nothing but handing you apples out of that Garden of Eden, out of the one tree you shouldn't be eating from. And you keep taking a bite over and over again. And the impact and the effects of that is making your insides ugly. And I don't care who you are. I've been down this road a couple of different times in my life, man. Like, it's just human nature. I thought I could beat the game. You know what I mean? 
it kind of hit that like bipolar lifestyle where hey, I'm about 95% good, but I got a little 5% that I'm just going to keep shifting behind. But I'm too smooth. People can't really see it. Woo, when that lid comes off, son. You got to face the facts. I always tell people, man, when I speak from a stage that nobody knows me, I will announce every weakness of my life. You know why? Because you'll never use it against me. I'm going to tell you what it is. They ain't going to catch me. And I say, you're not going to catch me. I'm not rising above you. I'm just telling you, hey, this is where I suck. This is where I'm not good at. These are the things I've done in my past. And, and I have spoken on a couple big stages and a couple people have come up to me afterwards like, man, that's bold. I'm like, no, it's not. It's bold for me to, to try to hide it. Right? It, it's enlightening for me to come out here and tell you what I struggle with. It's enlightening for me to say, hey, I'm weak in these areas. I'm not good in these areas. I have failed over and over and over again. Right? I have hurt people. I have ripped people's hearts out. I'm telling you, I am a bad dude. But my whole point is, if anybody looks at me with a set of eyes when I say that and starts judging me, I consider the source. You're probably feeding on some interesting things to make you think. You don't need to be looking at yourself the same way. All right? I'm going to give you the recipe. And again, I'm going to let you cook with it every day of your life if you want. Right? And we say, well, man, what, what's the spirit need? Right? What's the soul? What is the soul need, man? And, and Galatians chapter 5, boy, it rang it out. I'm going to read these words first because they're so good. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, disincentions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. That's a heck of a recipe, isn't it? Uh, that's a heck of a recipe. Don't cook with that one. Don't cook with that one. So this I'm going to tell you before I give you the real one. I read from the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, just in case y'all want to fact check me on this one. I read from the Bible. What I'm going to tell you, though, you start cooking with that, you cooking with flames that will burn you the entire time. And it don't mean you got to have all of them in the same pot for the, for the outcome. You just need one bite. Just one bite. But the beauty of Jesus is, and his infinite wisdom, is he said, you know what? Gotcha. That right there is human nature and flesh. Let me tell you what I'm about. Let me tell you what your soul needs to long for right here. And it says, oh, man, we need these things in our life right now. Joy, peace, right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. What I'm going to tell you right now, you cook with those things every day of your life, every source that ever walks into your life, you can see, is it from one of those things? Did it come from a place of joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Did it come from one of those? People that are speaking into your life and giving things into your life, did it come from one of those? Because if it did not, it's just one bite. I don't care who wants to spin it which way sideways to make themselves sound good. Like, you just got to get through this time of your life. Keep knocking it out. It's okay. Keep pushing through. It's okay. It's the fact that if your love game is that strong, it ain't for you to say, no, no, no. You either stop now or we're done. It's the fact that I'm telling you it's wrong. I'm telling you it's going to kill you. And if you don't think that fulfilling your soul with the wrong things can kill you. You crazy. You are crazy. They will kill you. 
They will strangle you so hard. There have been un there have been people that have died just purely from the fact that they couldn't handle the tension anymore. It's called a heart attack. It's the heart. It doesn't need just physical markers to make it unhealthy. That is your lifeline. That is pushing blood. And when the tension is so strong and the buildup is so strong, sometimes it busts. So as we close this morning, my, my challenge to you, right, about soul food and these in this concept of man, just just one bite. Am I hungry? Instant fulfillment. I, a couple of things I want you to remember, and I, and I promise you, I want you to remember this because it took me a long time to really understand this. Is what we said in the very beginning: the initial bite, the initial moment of good and bad, can and will often feel the exact same. And I challenge that with the fact of in Genesis chapter 3, when you say, I don't know, that's iffy. Genesis chapter 3, you don't ever see Eve or Adam say something about that it tasted bad or that this instant badness. It says that now they could understand good and evil, right? Like the initial moment of fulfillment fulfilled her need. The long-term sustainment of that ripped her heart out. And it began our lifelong relationship of an abusive relationship of God's grace. We should utilize God's grace as need be, but we should strive to fill our soul up from the correct sources so that we utilize it as we need be, but we get to spend so much more time in prayer of celebration and prayer into other people's lives. If you think about it, man, you don't get no more time. Let's say you pray for 10 minutes and eight of that is because of your Lord. Please forgive me for that one and this one and that one. And now let me down to sleep. Pray, Lord, I'm so deep. We're going to do this Amen. Right? Like, nah, man. Like, if you could spend eight minutes of blessings, man, God, thank you. Man, thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. I pray for that family. I pray for this, but I pray for my spouse. Right? We get into a different place because our soul is healthy and it's fulfilled. And what I challenge you with within your relationships is understand, man, when you let somebody in, they're in. They are in. Your spouse, it's not what you wear on your finger. It's in. Your friends that you allow to speak into you, it's not external. It's in. Be healthy. Fulfill the soul, right, so that it's just not one bite. You just don't need it the one time to continue on. I'm going to pray for us this morning. And what I really hope for all of us, man, is we just realize the beacon of light we are. Um, I, I pray that we realize, man, the blessings we have to be here. I pray that we understand the blessings that we have to attain wisdom to go out and speak into people's lives and, and prevent another just one bite. Right? That's what we're here for, man. That's God's people. I always say, man, like, you imagine Christianity back in the day, and we, we were talking, Tim and I were talking about this this morning. I was like, you know, when I speak anywhere, anywhere, I promise you, this is fact for me, I will not spend 30 or 40 hours on a sermon prep. Some of you be like, what? What do you mean? Because that's 30 or 40 hours I'm not spending with people. I spend my time in prayer. I spend my time to listen to God's word. You tell me what needs to come out this morning, God. That's it. That's what I pray for you. Spend the time, man. Listen to it. Let him fill you up. Because I guarantee he's tasking you with filling somebody else up. Because he's giving you all of this, not for you, but to go out, man. To be the fertilizer. Heavenly Father. Thankful for you, thankful for your name, thankful for your love, your passion for us, God. What I pray, Lord, is that, that on the inside of our souls this morning, we understand what it is to have a fire. 
I understand what it is to, to, to be the passion that you are, Heavenly Father, to live with a passion so strong that says, uh, my life, whatever at all costs, is to love people and show them your way, Heavenly Father. What I pray, Lord, is just the, 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 the confidence that needs to come from in us, God, in your truth, in your wisdom, in your word, Lord. There may be people that have listened this morning that are hungry and that are thirsty, Heavenly Father. Before they go out and take one bite, God, may they look inside and realize it's already there. Pray and long to you, Heavenly Father, be fulfilled so that we can fulfill other people. God, I just pray a blessing on this week, Heavenly Father, as we continue to kind of see these times of, of the unknown, of, the, of just the, it's not unknown, Heavenly Father, you've already said it. This isn't wild. It's humans. Now, let us be fulfilled by that craziness, God. Let us be fulfilled by your prophecy. Heavenly Father, we're just thankful for your love, thankful for your grace. And Lord, I pray if there's somebody in this room this morning that is opening their heart up this morning to say, God, I, I want to be a follower of you. I, I want to be, I want to dedicate my life to you. I want to start the milk process, Heavenly Father. I need, I need to drink. I need to eat from you, God. I pray that in their heart right now, they have that moment with you. There are no descriptive linear terms of words, God, for whoever's out there. May they open their heart the way they need to open it. God, I pray we just have a blessed week, and we have a great week in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.